What do you do when life gives you lemons? And I'm going to be speaking from the book of Exodus, but you know, I looked everywhere for some decent lemon jokes, and I couldn't find one. All I found were kind of, kind of you know, silly jokes like, you know, what do you do, uh, you know, what do you do for a, a bruised lemon? You give it lemonade. Oh, yeah, okay. And, you know, and then, and then I saw another one that said, what do you get when you take a brontosaurus and a lemon and combine them? You know what you get? A dinosaur. So I couldn't find any good jokes. I would never share a joke like that in this church. You know, so, I mean, that would be beneath me. Uh, not according to my children. They, you know, it's dad jokes. Anybody know what dad jokes are? Okay, all of us dads, okay, you know, you're going to get there. If you're not there yet, you will get there. And it's when your children go like, oh, dad, you know, so. Um, but anyway, so I couldn't find any good jokes, so we'll just skip that, and we won't go on, and we won't talk about that. But you know what? A lot of people, do you, do you know what I have seen over the last year. You know, we, uh, Connie and I recently had, uh, went through the COVID experience. Uh, I know a number of other people have, and it wasn't, wasn't all that bad, but uh, don't want to do it again, thank you. But uh, you know what I see in this country and around the world? And it's been hyped up by the press and, and by um, some people. Not without... I'm, I'm not suggesting that COVID is not serious, and people died. I, a guy I played golf with, uh, you know, my age, just recently passed away after five days of having COVID. So I'm not suggesting it's serious, but, but not serious, it is. However, do you know what I see? I see fear in so many people, and it's been pumped up and pumped up and pumped up. And, and uh, you know, you know what fear does? It, it's... Uh, Fear is, is a, has an autoimmune response. It has a, uh, it's that fight or flight thing. Adrenaline courses through your veins and, and, and causes all kinds of problems when you get too much cortisol functioning and all that stuff. But I, I see dread and fear and people just, you know, afraid for their lives and some people afraid to walk out the door. And, and uh, I, I just don't think that's the way God ever designed us to live. And it's time for the body of Christ, at least for us, to rise up and say, look, we know who we are. We know who we are in Christ Jesus. We're not going to live in fear. We're not going to live like that. We're not going to live in the stress. But you know, stress comes. Life comes. Sometimes lemons come in your life. Anybody know that? I don't know about you, but I'm not particularly happy about sucking on lemons all the time. I know a lot of people walk around looking like they've been sucking on lemons all the time. But um, I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 15. And um, I'm going to read uh, four verses here, and these are two, four of the most powerful verses uh, in the in the uh, Old Testament, and it's it's a revelation that that happens that I I want to address to you today, and it's it starts this way. It says, um, "Then Moses, they were at the Red Sea. Let me give you the context. Three days ago, the entire nation of Israel had gone through the through the dead through the Red Sea on dry ground." And as they got to the other side, the Egyptian army had swept in into that open area in the Red, in the dead, in the red Sea, keep saying, and uh, the water had come over the top of them and totally destroyed them, and they're singing on the other side, the horse and the rider been thrown into the sea, and they're having a party, and there's two million people dancing for joy that Pharaoh has been destroyed. And three days later, they've been walking in the wilderness, 
being led by the cloud by day and the fire by night. Here's the presence of God leading them through the wilderness for three days, and they come to this place. So we read in verse 22, Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur, and they journeyed for three days in the wilderness, and they hadn't found any water. Now, you got two million people and all their animals, and you're in the hot sun. I don't know what time of year it was, but uh, I don't care what time of year you're in the Sinai, it's pretty warm. And so verse 23, it says they came to Merah. They came to a big lake, but they couldn't drink the water at Merah because it was bitter. That is why they called it Merah, because Merah means bitter. And the people grumbled. Now, the translation we're using here, the HCSB, is a good translation, but it said the people grumbled to Moses. Can I tell you, they didn't grumble. When you grumble, go, no, 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 no. The word in King James is murmur, and in the Hebrew, it literally means to complain all night long loudly. What have you done? You've taken us here. We've been three days. We should have stayed in Egypt. That's exactly how they acted. Can you imagine two million people mad at you? Well, I guess I know one guy who's living in Mar-a-Lago who knows about it. So, but, you know. but anyway, they're complaining all Literally, it says all night long they murmured and grumbled and complained. We're dying here. You know, what are you going to do about it? What are we going to drink? And verse 25 says, so, so what did Moses do? He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he took the tree and threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. And God made a statute and an ordinance. And actually what it means is, he made a revelation for them. He, he, he gave them a, 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 a learning process here because he tested, he proved them there. I didn't think it was gonna take, they, this wasn't much of a test and they failed it already. It'd been three days and they failed the first test. And God said, if you will carefully do and obey the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, and you will pay attention to his commands and keep all of his laws. I will not, say will not. I will not inflict any illnesses on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians for I am the Lord. I am Yahweh in this translation who heals you. Did you just hear a word from the Lord a moment ago? Does anybody remember what God just said through his servant Connie this morning? He said, I'm the Lord who changes not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, call upon me. Now I ask you something. If the revelation that God gave the children of Israel on his very nature was what? I am the Lord who heals you. And I will not put the illnesses of the Egyptians upon you. Well, first of all, this COVID didn't come from God and he didn't put it on you. 
But he says, if it comes, something comes, I am the Lord who heals you. I change not. So he gave them a fundamental principle. He says, if you'll trust me, the healing of the waters was symbolic of the healing that God was doing for the children of Israel. He was making available to them and to us since he hasn't changed. Now think about this. It's only been, like I said, it's only been three days since they left the Red Sea. And, And here they are complaining all night long they have no water. He brought them this way to test them, it says in the word. He took them to these bitter waters to see what they would do. Now, they've got, as I said, they've got the presence of God with them. But these were free people who still had a slave mentality. They had no revelation of their own. And that slave mentality, do something for me. You know, the slave is told what to do and how to act. And, you know, the government's your guide. And he's your big, you know, the nanny and all that stuff. You know, no, we're free people, but the free people didn't have any revelation, no vision of their own yet. I can tell you something. The harsh reality is that every one of us will unlikely to escape this life without facing a bitter pool at some point. Something can happen. You or your family, you know, sometimes life throws lemons at you. And what you do when you're faced with those difficulties will determine the next direction for your life, and it will also determine uh, your happiness or lack of happiness. Uh, Are you going to be filled with fear and stress over what's going on in your life? I mean, I I know, I understand all the problems that are going on. I understand what the world is struggling with and all around us and in, in our community, we're struggling with this disease. It's a perfect example. But what is supposed to be our response to that thing? Are we supposed to be so stressed out we can't live? Are we supposed to be walking around in fear? And I know it's serious, and I'm not making light of that in any way, thing, but do we stand on the bank of the river and complain and complain and complain and, oh, God, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to do. You know, life comes. Lemons come. Myriads of problems can come. The Israelites complained and they mourned and they they cried about their very existence. We should have stayed in Egypt. You know, you can can have a, it doesn't have to be a disease. It could be a relationship gone sour. It could be a harsh divorce. It could be a job loss. It could be a financial distress, the the loss of a a horrible loss of a loved one, you know, deep depression. The, The trials of life come. And, and, and they're varied. But what God is trying to do for the children of Israel, and I take it from the example, is to get a fresh revelation of the Lord that belongs to us and, and to us alone. And, and so I, I want to expand upon that for a little bit. The, the lemon trees of your life's trials that you have, that are stuck in front of you, you can either cut it down and... <laughs> And move on in victory, or you can stand there and complain about the fact that all I've got is this lemon. God is a good God. I think we just sang it. Oh, God, you're so good. He took Israel from a victory to a test, and they failed. But even then, here's the goodness that God has for you. 
no matter what you're faced against, no matter even if you fail the test, even if you don't walk in faith, but you still feel God loves you, he cares about you, he wants to teach us about himself, so he reveals himself. Even though they failed the test, he says, you know, you didn't pass, but I love you. Let me tell you something. I will never put on you the diseases of Egypt. I will never. And I am the Lord, your physician. A revelation of who God is, even though they failed the test. See, even though you come up against a, a trial, a, a lemon tree or whatever it may be, even though you're sitting, standing there and you're saying, Lord, I don't know what to do, and you, you have an opportunity to have victory or defeat, or you can have fear or, or you can have joy. You can, you can live like in, in the depths of depression or you can live on the heights of victory. That's your choice. But even if you fail the test, God still loves you. And let me tell you something. He wants to, he's standing right there to reveal himself so that you'll pass the next test. See, the revelation that they got was that I'm the Lord that heals you. He's given us every tool we need in order to be an overcomer in every situation. There is no situation that you're going through or will go through that he hasn't already given you a tool to overcome the circumstances of your life. I don't care what it may be. Sometimes we allow to go through things. How will we respond to them? That's the question. When we face the tree of testing, do we murmur and complain? Do we cry, kick our feet and get discouraged and depressed or, or do we overcome the test? Do we throw the branch into the pool. We throw it in faith. We say, Lord, you know, imagine for a moment Moses. Think of just where he was. So you got two million people all night long ready to knife you in the back. And he cries out to God. He's the only one that did. The presence of God is with him. And God says, there's a tree. Throw that branch. Throw that tree into the, into the water. Now, how, how crazy is that? I mean, would you like to have had that answer? You know, I can tell you something. When it's so unusual, so unquestionably crazy, you know it has to be God, because I would never have thought of taking a tree and throwing it in a, a pool of water. I mean, Moses was also told, wasn't he? You know, they were, getting, they were complaining about water, and, and so what did God tell Moses? Oh, see that rock? Go strike that rock. Uh, sure. What good is that going to do, right? So you strike the, they strike the rock. Well, enough water comes flowing out of that thing. I mean, we, we were in Uganda a number of years ago, and we were on our way to, up north to Gulu from Kampala, and we cross over the White Nile, if you remember that. And that, that Nile River, do you remember the rocks and stuff? It, it was flowing, I mean, a million miles an hour. I've never seen such a violent, it was heavy, had heavy rains and stuff. So, I mean, to feed enough water for two million people, it had to look like that practically, gushing out of that rock. Now, think of that too. Now, what happens? That rock follows them around in the wilderness for the next 40 years. Crazy, I know. 
And so Moses throws a tree into a pool of water by faith. But you see, that's what God said. How many of us would have thrown the branch into the lake by faith? When we stand upon, here's the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is throw the branch into the water. The word of the Lord is strike the rock. Will you do it? And will you do it in faith? Because if you do, what happened? He healed the waters. As unlikely as it was, he provided water for the children of Israel. Here I am. Lord, help me. I'm in front of a bitter pool. I don't know what to do. Life has thrown me a real curveball here. This is more than I can handle. And the Lord says, throw the word at your problem. Throw my word at your problem. Throw my word at your problem in faith and expect me to answer. Okay? Most of us say, Lord, I can't make it. Help Somebody help me. Somebody help me. You see, if you only walk by your senses and not by faith, you're going to come to that bitter pool. And you'll never see God standing there waiting for you to call upon him. Waiting for us to call upon him and and have his grace respond. But Moses, the man of God, he has faith. And instead of complaining, he does what Pastor Dave has been trying to teach us for the last three weeks. He prayed. He cried out to God. Do you know what crying out to God is? It's prayer. The prayer of faith. He calls out to God. And God heard him. And God answered him. And you know what? He'll do that for you the same way. Last week we heard about learning how to pray in the Spirit. Why do we pray in the Spirit? Because it is the perfect prayer. It is the prayer of God through us. And it's also being being spoken. (laughs) What's being prayed is the perfect will of God. For it says we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us according to God's will. And what I love in 1 John chapter 5 is, it says this is the assurance, the confidence that we have if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, verse 15 says, he will answer us. So the perfect prayer is praying in the Spirit because the Spirit's praying in the will of God. God hears any prayer prayed in, the will of, in his will, and he also will always respond to it. So you want response to your prayers? Pray in the Spirit. Jude 20 says it will build up your holy faith. So God showed Moses a tree. He throws that tree into that brackish water, and two million people are able to quench their thirst with all their animals and everything else. He heard the word of the Lord. He responded to it in faith, and he acted in obedience, and that released the dunamis power of God. Because I will tell you something, God is supernatural. It seems unnatural to throw a a tree into a a lake and expect it to be healed. It seems unnatural to to strike a rock and and have it provide enough water for two million people. But God is supernatural. You take away the supernatural power of God from out of his word, and and you can't expect much, can you? But most of the church has defied and, and, and denied it. God stands there and says, I am the Lord Jehovah Rapha. I am the one who heals you. And he gives a revelation. And from that point on, the children of Israel and us, if we bother to take a look at it, have a new facet of the character of God. God doesn't change. It's what he just said. Call upon me. I'm the same always. So what he was then is still what he is now. 
They got a new revelation. You know what they got? They got a cutting edge anointing that they could use in their lives. I don't know about you, but I need a fresh cutting edge anointing to go through every trial that we're facing in this life. It's only through the anointing of God that we get there. God wants us to respond in faith to every problem that we come in contact with. You know, here's a a big mess that we're in, but Lord, what am I gonna do? What does your word say? Lord, what do you want me to do here? It seems unnatural. You know, Dave talked about the opportunity we just had to give a second ago. Can I tell you what the word says? If you give, it'll be given back to you. Now, that seems unnatural, don't you think? I mean, if I got $100 and I give away $10, I only have $90. But you see, in the kingdom of God, when you give away 10, you get a multiplication factor that's unbelievable. Not only do you have 90, but you got a whole lot more. Because God says, I'm going to give it back to you, press down, shake it together, and running over. There's a multiplication factor. There's an exponential release of power uh, to you. In the same way, if you have no love in your life and you give love to somebody else, God says, I'll give it back to you, press down, shake it together. You need love, give it away to somebody who needs it. You see, that's unnatural. But that's because you're living in the, nat- in the, in the kingdom of God. It's supernatural. It's a difference. It's a difference. You know, to, to tell me in the midst of a financial difficulty, you mean if I give, I can get an, uh, God will help me out of this mess? Oh, yeah, that's what he said. God told Israel, if you obey my word, you will receive my blessings. Healing and everything else that God has in store for you, every promise. So, so Moses obeyed the word. He took the branch, he threw it into the, into the lake. The branch, as we go through the Old Testament, I don't have a bunch of scriptures this morning yet, but, but throughout the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah and other places, Jeremiah, uh, Zechariah, Zerubbabel, uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know, Zechariah, The branch that is mentioned in those places is talking about the one who would come, the Messiah. So think of what Moses just did. He took the tree, which is also a type of the cross, and he threw the branch, he threw Jesus into that pool. And who's Jesus? The word of the Lord. The word was God. And so he threw, he threw that branch in obedience into the lake and God changed it. God healed it. He brought deliverance. He's talking about that the branch is the one who would come and would bring healing to the nations. That lake is, is representative of the nations. So we have here an opportunity to see a revelation from the Lord that if you throw the word into the nations, the nations will be healed. Saved, made whole. That's what God is looking for. Uh, uh, He wants to save every one of us. He wants to save you that are watching online. He wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. All it takes is an act of obedience and faith and put the word onto your problem. The miracle working power of God is available to everyone who will stand upon the promise of God's word. You know, we often have people do something 
They couldn't do after we, we pray for them, we lay hands on them or whatever. You know, I'll tell you something else. This whole COVID thing has made, you know, has made it almost impossible to lay hands on people. And yet that's what God told us to do. See, uh, uh, this whole thing is demonic. You, you, cannot, you cannot come by. I had somebody tell me recently who had COVID. He said, all I can tell you is this thing is wicked. I said, you're right, it's evil. But it's, it's, a, it's a trick of the enemy to keep us out of church, keep us away from the fellowship of each other, keep us from being able to lay hands on each other and encourage one another, lift each other up. You know, we can do it by phone and text, but it's not the same thing, brothers, sisters. It's not the same thing. He said, if there are any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and let, them, and let them lay hands upon them and the prayer of faith will raise them up. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And the enemy wants to keep us apart, so we can't do that. So God uh, reveals himself, you know, in this act of obedience as the Lord who is our healer. And the miracle come to, came to pass. And so it goes. The way to turn bitter into sweet is by doing in faith what God said to do and to totally, implicitly trust him. Not complaining, but trusting and doing what he said. You know, it doesn't mean we don't, praise God for doctors and nurses, praise God for medicine, but you know what? It's, I don't know how I got this COVID. I said no place coming nigh my dwelling. Well, it's not. You know what? And when it did come, Jesus healed me. I give God the credit. Thank God for doctors and nurses, and thank God for some medicine they took and some vitamin D3 and zinc and all that other stuff. But those are just natural things. But you know what? Jesus is my healer. I stand here, and she stands here today, and I know many of you stand here today knowing that it was the Lord who took you through it. We have the victory on this side of the Red Sea as well. I'm not going to stand and complain and moan and groan and go about fear in my life. I just I refuse to do it. I'm not going to be stressed out because what might happen, I'm going to stand upon the word of God. You know what? And if something does come my way, I'm going to stand upon the promise of God. He's going to take me through it. Even in the dark hours of, my, of our lives. The powerful thing is, you see, when you face these bitter waters and you overcome them by faith, by using that cutting edge anointing, that revelation that you have, that God is waiting. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? It kills me? All right, well then I'm with Jesus just a lot sooner than you are. But I'm not gonna walk around in fear and stressed out because of some stinking disease. So God showed this revelation to the children of Israel. And I want to tell you something. He desires to reveal himself more and more to you individually. See, they had to own that. They had, they had to come to that pool. They had to come to that test and recognize there was nothing they could do. But Moses throws a tree into the lake, and that works. Well, how did he do that? Because God told him to. So now, and then he reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha. So now they have a revelation that Jesus is Jehovah Rapha. I mean, God is Jehovah Rapha. He's the healer. And he's going to do that for them all along the way. He comes along a little while later and he, he, he reveals himself as the God who's there, Jehovah Shammah. He, he comes along another, we get another revelation as we go down the, go down the line and, and, and God reveals himself as the one who, the shepherd, the one who cares about the one, the lost sheep, the one who leads you to green pastures, the one who shows you the good food. So he's, Jeho, he's now Jehovah Rohi. 
Okay. We, we come down a little bit further and, and we're in the midst of the storm and we need some peace. And he, now he reveals himself as Jehovah Shalom. You see, and so it goes. He reveals himself as the one who's met all of our needs. And so his name, you know, when Abraham comes up to the, the altar with his son Isaac and is going to sacrifice him, God provides a ram. So he provide, he's the one who sees the need and provides for it. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. You see what I'm saying? So he wants to take you, but until you own, I can stand here and some preacher can stand here and tell you, Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your need meter. Jesus is your great shepherd. Jesus is your peace. Jesus is your righteousness. But until you own it, it doesn't mean anything to you. I read somewhere that the average person, you'll go out of here today after hearing me speak for 40 minutes, and you'll, have ten, you'll remember 10% of what I told you. I hope it's 10%. That's why we have to preach week after week after week, and sometimes we repeat ourselves week after week after week, because if you get 10% this week and 10% in two weeks and 10% in three weeks, hopefully, maybe now you get to 50% of what we said you'll remember. And over 20 years of me preaching, I think some of you actually got to about 75%. Just doing great. So I think we've come a long way, baby. You know? But, it, but until you own the revelation, it's just words. Just words. He wants to take you deeper. And so when you come to the test, and even, like I said, when you fail the test, he still loves you. He wants to reveal you. He revealed himself to them. He said, by the way, I'm your little healer. I'm the one who healed that water. Oh, oh. You know, when you were in COVID and you were sick and, you know, everybody else was suffering and telling you how terrible it is and you're only sick for three days, I'm, it's because I'm your healer. I'm your healer. When you spend time with him, he reveals his nature to you. And you see, when, you, when, when life throws you lemons, you can put that back up there. When life throws you lemons, it's an opportunity. I used to hate it. My father would say something like that. You know, you're in a, you're in a real mess, but here's, here's a learning opportunity. Well, I didn't really want to learn right now, thank you, and I certainly didn't want to learn it that way, you know. It's a teaching opportunity. Well, but that's the way life is, isn't it? You have an opportunity. You're going to choose to do this or you're going to choose to do this. And if you, no matter where you are, if you're a Christian, if you're a seeker after God, you know, in the midst of, the deep, of a deep test, here's an opportunity for a deep revelation. It's an opportunity to see another side of God as he opens. You know, sometimes you have to go through the test and you're down the road a little bit further and you look back and you say, man, I don't know how I got through that. And you realize, oh, God did it. I see it now. Didn't see that before. So lemons in your life aren't horrible things. There are opportunities for God, for you to show God your faith in him or not and, and to learn from it, you know, so we trust him that even in the dark hours, in the dark winter that we're going through, in the dark hours, some of you got that, you know, in the dark hours of your life, he stands waiting to show us, I am what you need. I am all that you need. Okay, So I, I want to give you a couple of scriptures here. Here's, here's some words from the Lord that, that the Israelites didn't have. 
know, that when, when you stand at a bitter pool, when, God, when, when you're standing, you know, and you, life has thrown you another lemon, let me show you a couple things. I want to just quickly, I'm going to go through like four or five verses here and show you something. So the first one I want you to see is Isaiah 41, 17. Now, the Israelites didn't have this, but here's a promise from the Lord. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongues are parched for thirst, like mine is right this second, um, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, do not forsake them. Say, does not forsake me. He will not forsake you. Now, Israel didn't have that revelation. But you know what? You do. I do. That's the word of the Lord. No matter, so whatever you're in, if you're in a situation where you're needy and you need help, what does God say? I won't forsake you. I'll give it to you. There's another one in verse 44, uh, chapter 44, verse 3 of Isaiah. He says, I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing upon your offspring. How's that for a promise? I will pour water. You're thirsty? Come to me. I'll satisfy your thirst. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you. Now, he equates water and spirit, but there's a physical blessing. There's a spiritual blessing. It's still God's word to you. Look at Isaiah. Of course, you know these verses. These are familiar ones, but Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5 in the HCSB, it says, He himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains, but we regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, cruised crushed because of our iniquities, punishment for our peace was on him, and with his wounds we are healed. Now, that's essentially what God was trying to tell them at the pool of Merah. I'm the Lord that heals you. And we have this revelation to us in, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, was, is the fulfillment of that. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed how many? All who were sick. And so that it might be spoken, what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, might be fulfilled that he himself took our weaknesses and carried away our diseases. Is that the truth? Jesus, God is good and all the time, he didn't give you this, but he'll take you through it. He's provided a way out. Every need, every problem that you're having physically, I know sometimes it's hard to stand the test. I know you're sometimes squeezing lemons and sucking on lemons. And sometimes you're going day after day after day. But all I can tell you is God hasn't changed. His word is true. He's still Jehovah Rapha. And if you put your trust in him, he will take you through to the other side. Jesus said in John chapter 4, but whoever drinks from the water that I'll give him will never thirst again, even if you're at the pool of Merah. Not ever. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up within him for eternal life. And finally, John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you won't be hungry. And if you come to me and believe in me, you won't ever be thirsty again. See, they didn't have that. They came to a bitter pool and had no water. But you have a fresh revelation. You have the word of God revealed to you. This is the word to you. This is his promises. He reveal himself to anyone who asks him. He, he, he will throw the, if we'll throw the branch Jesus into our pools of bitter water, God will make a way and he will reveal himself. He'll make lemonade for, out of lemons just for you. So I'm coming to you this morning 
as I come to a close, you're standing perhaps at the edge of a bitter pool right now. What are you going to do about it? Why not throw the cross at it? Why not throw the word of God, Jesus, at it? See how God responds to your simple act of faith. All Moses did was cry out to God, Lord, I got two million people behind me who want to kill me. Help me. Take that tree. Do something with it. And it made the bitter water sweet. Moses acted upon the word of God to him in faith, and God healed the water. And can I tell you, he'll do it just for you. And God gave the whole nation a fresh revelation, a cutting-edge anointing that would serve them for the rest of their lives. Now, whether or not they continued with it was up to them, but he gave them the revelation. He's given us the revelation of who he is. What are you going to do with it? It, that cutting edge anointing will destroy, will cut down every tree in your path, will squash every lemon life throws at you. It, it, will, it will help you overcome every attack because the victory will be yours no matter what the enemy tries to throw at you. God has already beaten him. God has given you everything you need for life and peace. We've not been given a spirit of fear. You know, I, my God's still in the miracle working business. I don't know about yours. I don't know of another another God, I don't know of Muhammad, I don't know of Buddha, I don't know of Confucius, I don't know of Vishnu, I don't know any other God that still works miracles. The Lord Jehovah, the Almighty God, does miracles every day. I serve a God of miracles. I have seen far too many things in my lifetime that only God could have done to make me ever turn away from that. No matter whether I got COVID or not, Jesus is my healer. No matter I've got some other thing going on in my life, God is my source and my strength, my ever-present help in time of trouble. When I stand at a bitter pool, I call upon the name of the Lord. You know what? When you come to a bitter pool, you cry out to God. And it's not just cry out, but the Lord, it's an opportunity for me to get closer to the Lord. He wants to reveal himself in new and dynamic ways for us in every possible, in every possible need that you face. And you can stand and declare his word no, no matter what you come up against. I'm still declaring no plague is coming nigh our dwelling because that's God's word and it hasn't changed. I declare that he's given me the victory and I'm more than an overcomer because Christ is in me. I cry out to God in faith. I believe what your word has told me, Lord that no good thing you withhold from them who walk before you and love you. That no weapon formed against us will succeed because that's my inheritance as a child of God. We've already won. We're not under stress sucking lemons. God has given us lemonade. He's given us beauty for ashes. I want to close with this scripture. I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And I want you to think about this is you. This is me. This is you watching. If you're a Christian, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Say me. The Spirit's on you. Why? Because I know it was about Jesus, but there's far more here than that. It's about you and me because inside every Christian, Christian dwells the Spirit of Christ. 
because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. I just gave you some good news this morning. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of God's vengeance, to comfort everyone who's in mourning and fear and distress and depression and discouragement and defeat. Listen to what this says. To provide for those who are in fear, mourning. To give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Do you know how many people around you are living in despair this morning? God has anointed us to give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. King James says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Do you know how much depression and discouragement there is around us right now? I got people in my neighborhood well, afraid to walk out the door, having their groceries delivered, and they're wiping down all the groceries with all their hand, hand wipes because they're so afraid. We've been called to show them, you can't teach them everything overnight, but you're called to show them love and to give them joy for ashes, the garment of praise. And you know what? When you go through, when you stand at the bitter pool, praise him. It will destroy all this discouragement. It's your weapon against discouragement, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So why? So that we can be called the righteous trees, the planting of the Lord. And it says, then you and I will rebuild the ancient ruins. We will restore the former devastations. We're going to renew ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. I want to tell you something. Pastor Dave was absolutely right. The people they're coming for next are us. They want to shut your mouth. You know why? The devil wants to shut your mouth because you have the keys to the kingdom. You have the key to life. You have the key to joy and hope. And if they can keep you in discouragement and depression and keep this world locked down, they will do it so that they're in control. But you know what? God's given us freedom. We're not slaves anymore. God has given us liberty. God has given us the oil of joy instead of mourning. And God has called us to share the good news with others around us the same way. You don't have to walk in defeat. You can walk in faith. You throw the word at that problem and show them what God can do for you and for them and you'll rebuild this place. That's what they're afraid of, that we will rebuild it in the image of God. Well, Jesus is coming and he's gonna bring a new kingdom. But before he does, there's gonna be, I'm telling you, I sense it in my spirit, the greatest move of God is coming before us. This is not a time to lock down and stay away from church. It's a time to get into the kingdom and get with each other and pray and believe God that he's gonna do even greater things in these last days. It says that they will, strangers, catch this, strangers will stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers. He's talking about blessing to the church. You will be called the Lord's priests. They will speak of you as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of nations and you will boast in their riches because your shame was double and they said disgrace is their portion because they said you're nothing. You've been pushed down. God says, I'm gonna raise you up. You're gonna possess double in their land and eternal joy will be yours. For I, Jehovah, love justice. I hate robbery and injustice. We've seen a lot of that. I will faithfully reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and your posterity. 
among the peoples. In other words, your children and your grandchildren. You know, people say, I'm afraid for this nation for my children and grandchildren. I'm afraid for this world for my children and grandchildren. God says, I'm going to make your posterity a blessing. That's what, that's what his word is to me. And I receive that for you. All them will see, all who see them, that is, see the church, will recognize that they are a people that God has blessed. Just bow your heads with me this morning. Maybe you're not at that bitter pool right now, but you know you could be someday. Or maybe you know somebody who is. The lesson stands. Cry out to God for help. Do what he says in faith, even if it seems crazy. Don't grumble and complain. And whatever he tells you to do, you do. And if you're not sure what to do, call upon a friend. And have them pray with you and agree in prayer. We need each other more now than ever. We don't need to be apart and locked down. We don't need to be just be texting. We need to encourage one another in person. Share the revelation God has given you with others. Stand upon it yourself. Are you dying of thirst today? You want to drink sweet water? Let me reveal his nature to you. He says, if you come to me, you'll never thirst again. Are you sick? Are you in fear and stressed out? Can I tell you what his name is? I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha. Anyone need to know that they have someone with them in this mess? Sometimes, you know, when you're locked down and you're all alone and you're hurting, you know who what his name is? His name is Jehovah Shammah. He's the Lord who's there. He says, I will never forsake you. Anyone feel like they've been fighting battles on their own? Can I tell you, you're not. His banner over you is love. His name is Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our banner. Maybe your financial needs are overwhelming you. What can you do? Well, can I tell you what his name is? His name is Jehovah Jireh. I've seen your need and already met it, says the Lord. Maybe you need wisdom or guidance in your life to navigate the storms of this life. Can I tell you what his name is? Jehovah Rohi. He's your shepherd. He's your guide. He's the one who leads you to the still water. You need someone to fight your battles for you? His name is El Shaddai, El Gibor, mighty warrior. Would you like to have some peace in the turmoil of your life? His name is Jehovah Shalom, your peace. He's here. Come and drink. Father God, as we pray today, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're watching by on us, uh, watching us online. Maybe, first of all, you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, and maybe you used to be a Christian or, or you've never been one. You're confused and concerned, and can I tell you that Jesus loves you? He died for you. That tree was a cross that Jesus died upon so that you and I could have eternal life. If all you've got to do is say, Father, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from my unrighteousness, and he will come in, and he will sup with you, he will put his spirit in you, and he'll call you his child. He'll give you great and precious promises that you, uh, that you can live by and have hope by. All you've got to do is say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Help me, I want to be your child. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. And he will do that. This morning, we stand here. Lord, I know there's many in this body who have been sick recently with a variety of different things.
But you know what? His revelation to us is he's still Jehovah Rapha. He's still the Lord, our healer. No matter the storms we come up against, no matter the lemons life throws at us, God is on the throne. This day never took him by surprise. He didn't give that to you. He said, I will put on you none. He will not put disease on you. He is a good God, and he has provided the way out. Trust him. Trust him. When you come to the pool of Merah, trust God. Cry out to God, and he will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you did not know. He will provide a way out of the and, and water to drink in the trials of this life. And Lord, we receive that today, that every need, whether it's financial, spiritual, emotional, physical, whatever it may be, has been met. Lord, I speak to those who are watching online. If you're sick today, Jesus is your healer. Rise and be healed in Jesus' name. Put the word of God on your problem and say, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're my healer. I thank you for my doctor. I thank you for my nurse. I thank you for the medicine. But you're the one I look to. You're my source and strength. I am not. I am not giving in. I'm not walking about in fear. I'm not walking about all stressed out. I'm not depressed or discouraged. God is with me. And if God be for me, who can stand against me? In Jesus' name, I receive that. Amen and amen.